Hi, and welcome back to the How to Decorate podcast from Ballard Designs. We want to teach you how to decorate your home and unleash your inner decorator. So we'll be interviewing interior designers, stylists, and other talents in the design world, sharing the trials and triumphs of our own homes, and also answering your decorating questions. I'm Caroline. I run the Ballard Designs blog, How to Decorate. And I'm Taryn, and I'm on the product design team at Ballard. And I'm Karen, and I head up branding at Ballard. We're your hosts. Hi. Should we do some trials and triumphs? Yes, I'm dying yes. to talk about myself. Oh my gosh. Okay, yes. great. And I want to hear all about Karen. Okay. <laughs> Can I go first? <laughs> sure. Go first. Okay. So in my driveway, next to my driveway, I have uh, about a 12-foot bed that goes all along the driveway in front of a rock wall. And in that bed, I have a hedge of rosemary, which is lovely. Mm-hmm. I love it. I use it all the time. I clip it. Bah, 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 bah. I think it's dead. Oh, no. Rosemary is very difficult to kill, so I agree. kudos to you. <laughs> well, I've had it for many years, mm. and I'm wondering if just after a while it dies, because mm-hmm. I had rosemary in there. I've been in the house probably 12 years, mm-hmm. um, and I had rosemary, for, and it died, and my yard guy was like, I feel like we should put some other nutrients in the bed, blah, 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 blah. Um, and he replanted it, and these have been fine since then, but they died. So I'm wondering if they maybe six years is their, their deal. So, well, sometimes they get real lucky and kind of mm-hmm. start to get misshapen. So, mm-hmm. yeah. so it's but it is a great hedge, you guys. I highly recommend a little rosemary hedge because when you walk by, it smells so good, mm-hmm. and you can drag your hand along it, and it's really pretty. And you just made you that so make... romantic. Mm-hmm. I picture you just like I do. And then also, if you need it to, to, cook. to cook or to garnish, mm-hmm. I often find when I'm plating meats or things like that, yeah. they aren't very pretty. Just a big old, you know, bunch of turkey on a plate or chicken yeah. chopped up or even a tenderloin or something. Um, so a few sprigs of rosemary goes a long way. Yes, I agree. I yes, love that chip. So, That's a great one. Mm-hmm. So I've got some work ahead of me, I think. i got to rip those up in the spring and put, new, put down? some new rosemary mm-hmm. in. Well, that's cool. Yeah, but that'll be fun. Okay, so that is, although I really, really want to grow lavender. Oh, yeah. But I don't know if I can. I'm trying to grow it in the backyard and it keeps dying. Well, you should put it in a pot because, you know, it likes really dry soil. Yes, I know. The ones in the back, I bought 16 and 10 died. Mm -hmm. And so I replaced some of them, but I put a bunch of sand in the dirt. These Mm -hmm. are in the ground. Um, I put a bunch of sand in there, and those aren't dead yet. Hmm. So we'll see. Maybe that'll – I don't know. I'll keep you posted. Okay. So I got something <laughs> for Joe for Christmas, kind of for myself, but kind of for Joe, which is a pressure cooker air fryer. This is in addition to the box, right? In addition to the box. Okay. Joe's Christmas was just a cornucopia <laughs> of delight. <laughs> <laughs> he loved his gifts. Weren't you also complaining about how he gives you bad gifts when you're stocking <laughs> Well, I think the the box was really like a dumb gift, but the rest of the stuff I really believe he will like. Oh, okay, okay. Yeah, because we we take Pilates, and our Pilates instructor was telling us she's been raving on about her pressure cooker air fryer, and talking about wings. Joe loves to make chicken wings for to yes, wa- while we watch those. football games, and he prides himself on how delicious they are. They are delicious. Um, <laughs> and she's been going on about her air fryer, and it 
her wings are just as good. And I was like, mm, I don't know about that, Jenna. Um, <laughs> but the brand that she bought, Ninja, is actually um, on, it was either QVC or HSN, which is a parent company of ours. So we get an employee discount. So I was looking on there and they had it. I think it was QVC. And so I bought one for him for Christmas because he seemed very interested in this. Mm-hmm. Since then, he sort of acted like I got him the equivalent of an iron, you know? <laughs> right. <laughs> now you can make me food. Uh-huh. Mm-hmm. Um but we've been using it a lot, and I really like it. What I have really you been like it. Uh, we have made well. In addition to this, Joe has decided that we are going to try to eat a plant-based diet. <laughs> so he doesn't really Joe? want to make those chicken wings. wings. <laughs> I still want the wings, but yes, yes, he thinks it's good for our longevity. I think because Joe's turning sixty this year, he's having a crisis. It is really good for your longevity. You know, there are lots of a thousand. They, um, when you have heart problems, they always tell you to yeah. cut out meat. Yeah. So, so I, I'm telling you that to tell you that a lot of the things I've made in it are plant-based things. So mm-hmm. I haven't made, I did make chicken wings when we first got it before I knew we were converting to being <laughs> vegans, um, <laughs> which I can tell you, I can't even believe I'm saying that because I love me some cheese and some meat. And, anyway, um, but the chicken wings were very good and very easy and you can make them from frozen wings. We get big bags of Costco frozen wings. Um, when we do our chicken wings. So you don't have to defrost them. You can just make them in there and there because you pressure cook them for five minutes and then you switch it over to air fry and air fry them. And then you toss them in your sauce. It's delicious and easy. And you don't have the stinky oil and you also also aren't deep frying something. Yeah. But I've made a lot of things in it. So. um, And do they taste the same? Mm -hmm. That's awesome. Mm -hmm. Yeah. Wow. Even Joe admitted that he liked them just as much. So, but they uh, taste the same. Like it's yes. not that they taste different, but they're just as good. It's they There's, actually taste the, like you can't tell the difference between the deep frying and the. Air I frying. don't know that you'd be able to tell the difference. That's awesome. That's mm-hmm. Great. It's mm-hmm. fantastic. Yeah, especially because you eat them for sauce. They're like sauce vehicles. Yes. Yeah. And we use Frank's Frank's Red Hot sauce. Well, there we it's go. the only sauce we put. So you mix the Frank's with butter and um, some lemon. And then you toss your wings in that and you that eat them. so good right And now. you thank the Lord that you're alive because they're so good. <laughs> <laughs> mm-hmm. All right. I'm always very skeptical because I – everyone raves about slow cookers and I just don't like them. Okay. Here's the downside. It's ginormous. Okay. It is ginormous. Mm, and I don't know that we needed such a big one. It's nine quarts or so. I don't know. It's huge. Mm. Um, and I, you know, I will not keep it on my counter. That will make me insane. And I don't really have a spot in my kitchen for it. So we're keeping it in the basement. So you so take you it up to- and you take it down and blah, 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 blah. But it's meh. a negative, but yeah. if it works great and, mm-hmm. and you use it enough, then it's worth it. Joe grew up, not he didn't grow up, but in college, there was a bar that made these po- potato skins that he has been talking about since I met him. <laughs> and so they, they kind of take a knife and cut off the edge of the potato. You know what I'm saying? It's not like you use a peeler. It, that's too thin. You want it to be a little bit thicker. Uh-huh. Okay. And they would deep fry them and then you would toss, they toss them in buffalo sauce and you would eat them and again, be delighted. So I was like, <laughs> let's try that in the pressure cooker, which we did not pressure cooker, but the crisper. Yeah. And they were great. Huh. They're all crispy because it elevates the item and there's air all around it. So you don't have to turn it or anything. Oh, I made croutons in it for the Ina Garten chicken, lemon chicken crouton recipe. I made my croutons in there. Amazing. In an air fryer. Because technically you wouldn't quote unquote fry right. croutons. It's just, it's circulating it, hot air around them. 
because it, right. it well, is off. It's thanks, on a, QVC, yeah, yeah. Karen. Right? There you go. Happy to come <laughs> on the air anytime. Was commercial and we didn't it, know it? We yeah. I just purchased one. Do, is there a payment plan I can use? Our new sponsor, Ninja. <laughs> Anyway, <laughs> we're not using affiliate links to sell you this air fryer, but we will link to it if you're really curious. Interesting. I didn't know fryer. I need an air fryer, but you kind of are selling me on yeah. it right now. You have, like, a second, feel... you have a second career option with being an on-air host if you want. <laughs> um, we, have no. the, we have the hookup. We know where you can yeah, right? be hired Hi, by. Yeah. <laughs> no, thank you. I'm way more reserved on camera. Uh, uh, <laughs> I've tried it. That's not easy. No, no, I'm kidding. I don't think it is easy. I bet mean, it would be really hard. There's a mic thing in your ear and they talk to you the whole time. I can't uh-uh, multitask, no so that would be very challenging for me. So is that your... That's, that was my triumph. Yes, okay. And my trial is my dead rosemary. Oh, that's right. Okay, mm-hmm. got it, got it. Yes, I'm following. Um, Taryn, do you want to go or do you want me to go? Sure, I'll go. Mine aren't too long. Um, Thank goodness, because mine were. <laughs> Sorry. I No, no worries. Eight minutes later, sheesh. <laughs> no, <I'm> kidding. <laughs> um, I had... Another spot taken off my face, guys. So I'm wearing Band-Aids this week. Um, what is with your face? I don't know. I think it was that tanning bed as a child. You Did you really go to a tanning bed? Oh, my mom. We would all go. <gasps> it felt so good in the winter when it was cold out. Yeah, so I think I did it to myself. So no, if yeah, anyone you definitely is did. young, you did a tanning bed. That's yeah, good. so anyone young who loves a good tan, which I respect, just don't do it. Spray it's tan. not worth it. Get a spray tan. Because later you're going to have to have your face cut off. And that's not yeah. fun. Yeah. It wasn't it a very like big it would spot, hurt. but it's not worth it, guys. So FYI. So that was part. That was a that but was at a least you trial. caught it. How often do you go to the dermatologist? I go like every six months. Mm-hmm. This spot was a spot that wasn't healing, and you know how you're like, that's kind of weird. So I went in and had it checked out. What do you it mean was. it wasn't healing? It just didn't heal. It just but kept from, like it just, scabbing or oh. like you know, like it just didn't heal. But from what? From, from it, like a, it's basal cells. Well, it's it just like, seemed like something happened and then it didn't You know where heal. it looks like you're like, oh, I have a spot on my face. Like, Okay, got and it. And then it like scab it over, but it continued to scab over okay. and it just never healed. It mm. never healed got for me it. personally. Okay. And that made me go in. Because I get stuff removed. I just did the same thing. I had to get something removed off my back, but it's like a mole, so it's not ever... It's an irregular... It doesn't... It so was irregular just, looking. It wasn't... Mm-hmm. It wasn't red or yeah. right. it didn't look like a wound. It just. Well, everyone go to yeah. the doctor. Yes. Go Get at least once check. a year and have a head to toe scan by your dermatologist. You know what I was Just really like your t- physical. Go to the doctor for your physical. Yes. Go to the gynecologist for your, all your girly parts <laughs> and go get your body scanned. Yes. Thank you. It's important. No, I mean, nobody good. wants to do it. It's, you know, it's 20 minutes of your life, people. Mm-hmm. It will save you. Yeah. Yeah. Um, can I just hijack your thing and say when I went to the dermatologist, mm-hmm. I had to do the skin check, and I'm usually very good about it. Well, I badgered Will into going. Y'all, my husband is blonde hair, blue-eyed, like white. Yeah, purple he is, man. like white eyebrows. Yes, he is a pale gentleman. Mm-hmm. <laughs> so I'm like, you have to go and get your skin. You never had one. You need to have one. Um, I go, and I have to have three things removed from my <laughs> back. Will goes, Nothing. Not a, an irregular freckle on his whole freckle-covered body. He probably doesn't um, go out in the sun much. I was so ticked off. I'm like, wait, why? Why me? Excuse me. Yeah. Why? I have dark hair. I have... What yeah. is happening? Anywho, sorry. Continue with your story. Mm. No, preach. Preach. David's in the sun all the time. He's fine. Well, good for you, though, for yes. maintaining. 
Why, thank you. you. Know, yes, good job. Proactive. But anyway, now I have – we have – we've had some wonderful guests that I've met. Podcast guests. Mm-hmm. And all these – and here I am bandaged up on my face. I was like, of course the timing. You're just doing it for attention. <laughs> we know it. It's fine. It's true. Oh, look at me. Yes, <laughs> talk to me. Please look at my bandaged face. No. Anyway, that was my trial. Mm. My <laughs> triumph was I ordered these – seeds for um cut flowers off floret it's a gorgeous website they will get you with the website okay i don't recommend if you're one of those people who easily purchases things that are frivolous (laughs) don't go to it to go if but the florals are gorgeous and i'm going to try to see which ones stay alive now i bought them from seeds so i am i am know that i will not do this successfully i'm going to attempt it I will report back probably. Why do you feel like you will not be a success? I'm just – because seedlings, starting from seedlings. Are you going to germinate them in little pots or just put them out in the dirt? I'm going to try the germinating from little pots. It seems that's what the f- website recommends. They mm-hmm. do have a little kind of like tutorial. Um, so because of that, I'm worried that's not going to really work. But let's see. Mm-hmm. If I can get little bitty like leaves to come up, I'll feel pretty good about putting them outside. And I asked, did mine in the dirt, girl. You did? Yes. Remember I got that whole cutting garden in a can? That's true. And I just, but remember I had the squirrel thing. I had to be careful mm-hmm. with the squirrels. They like the seeds. Um, so the, But the cayenne pepper did seem to work and the chicken wire. But didn't you have to get a 50-pound bag of cayenne pepper? I got a big um, thing at Costco. Uh, yeah, a big container of it. But just because <laughs> when it rains, it goes away, then you just go sprinkle some more. I remember, I think, Taryn, you were talking about having chili in the backyard. Yes. <laughs> They're chili flowers. They're chili flowers. <laughs> But and maybe, they all but then you didn't come have up to red. do. But then you didn't have to do them inside. I didn't. So that is the positive. The so thing th- about being living in the south, I think, is that we don't have to worry so much about the ground being cold. You know, people yeah. want to get them going when the ground is still cold, so they can plant them in the spring. Well, our, you know, by yeah. March here, it's not going to freeze again. Usually, right, right. you know. So. Um, so you just sprinkle so, them out and. Uh huh. So do they mostly sell stuff by seed or by like what by seed. is the okay? It's that is seed. their business. It's that is their a company business. that sells but seeds. They were Got gorgeous it. little packets. They came in the mail pretty quickly. Um, That's exciting. That's fun. So I will let you guys know. I'm. I was just excited that they came, and I'm yeah. excited to see if I can get any to grow because I got some crazy flowers. Ooh, keep us posted. Ooh, I will. Yeah. And I got tomatoes. Black tomatoes. Do you get a lot of sun in your yard? You must. Black tomatoes. Cool. I've grown tomatoes pretty successfully successfully before so i'm hoping that these will grow yay so i've asked david to um build a raised bed just for these items so he can build a raised bed but he can't fix a faucet guys that's uh, interesting he's a he's handy in some ways he is handy i Mm -hmm. think that's why he attempts all yes makes sense makes Mm -hmm. sense Mm -hmm. okay that's a great trial this is a beautiful website i'm kind of you're this sucked in. Bad. She told you not to go I there. I told you. Do <laughs> not get on. Warning. I, yes. no, I, luckily, I don't have anywhere to put it yet, but after we do our yard, then I'll- You already are excited to yeah. purchase these, aren't you? Yeah, it's See? bad. I told you. Don't, people, don't go. You have been You warned. took two seconds and you're in. <laughs> I told you. Do not go. Cool. All right, Caroline, you're okay, up. Okay, I'm up. Um, so this is a project that's very much in progress, and so it is both my trial and triumph, and I will update you as things evolve. But All right. I have a very large span of- like our double room that's our dining and family room, and I've told mm-hmm. you all about it, um, has huge 
essentially floor to ceiling win- windows. They're ten feet wide. They're gorgeous. Um, they are. They're old, like picture metal windows. Almost. Yes, picture windows. Um, but because of the ten foot wide, they're significantly larger than a standard sort of window span. Um, and so I have struggled, and I don't actually need privacy for mm-hmm. drapery panels or curtains or Roman shades or anything. I don't really need something there. But visually, I think it'll help soften the space and just I want it there for aesthetic purposes. Mm-hmm. And so at first I thought, well, I'm going to probably have to have custom um, drapery hardware made because it's there's so not long. a lot that comes larger than, say, 12 feet or even up to 12 feet. You mm-hmm. know, it's kind of like our sizes are um, four, six, and eight or something. Anyways, um, so I got an idea in my head that I'm testing out. Mm-hmm. And by I, I mean Will. Uh, <laughs> um, but we sort of did you some- have David come over. <laughs> <laughs> right? Okay. So like, our handy. three husbands together. So- oh, gosh. <laughs> Um, all the beer would be gone and the project would not be complete. I thought it through and I've seen all the items, so I don't see why it wouldn't work. Will is very skeptical and he does not think it's going to work, but he is humoring me. Okay. (laughs) But so, okay. Um, our acrylic drapery rods. Which are amazing. Which are amazing. They're very pretty, but they only come in four, six, and eight feet. So, um, first off, well, okay. So in my head... There is a finial that is just a very simple cap that attaches to the end of the rod that finishes it off. Yes. Well, that finial is attached through a screw. So there's just a, a hole at the end of the drapery rod that's a space for a screw mm-hmm. to, to screw the finial in. Mm-hmm. Well, my thought is, why can't I just screw two rods together mm-hmm. and create a two six-foot mm-hmm. rod? And then to use make a little bracket to cover that yes, seam? exactly. Yeah. So that is my plan. Will thinks Sounds I'm crazy. very valid. Work, but... Um, Why wouldn't it work? work? Well, that's what I have in my bedroom. You think you did that? Not with acrylic, but with wood. Okay. And I have that on my big 70s or 60s windows on the back of my house. Yeah. Okay. Anyway, continue. I kept telling him, I don't see what what the issue is. As long as we have – the only issue with the acrylic is that because it's essentially – plastic, it's not wood or metal. It sags a little bit more than your standard. Um, Put another bracket. Yeah. So we, when you buy one of our sets, it comes with two things, uh, two like, I guess, brackets at the end that are full loops, mm-hmm. but it also comes with a middle a that's support, a half loop. A support bracket. Yes, uh-huh. a support bracket. So I had, so, okay. And then when I was at the outlet getting my duvet and my Allen stool and all my stuff for um, Will's basement, I saw that we had tons of acrylic drapery rods at our outlet. Oh. Like a ton of rods. Interesting. Not a lot of, no hardware, but the rod, which is the oh, most interesting part. Uh-huh. So last weekend we went to the outlet and I got, because I'm an idiot and did not measure. measure? Well, I measured, but I did <laughs> not both do, assumed, yeah. Karen and I, I didn't do time. math properly. Was oh, that issue. sounds like me. <laughs> so I measured, I'm like 14 feet. Okay. So I'll do two eight by foot, eight by Two eights. And Will's like, that's 16, honey. I'm like, wow, I am an idiot. Okay. I just was Can't doing just it real fast. And, but then you chop off the screw part. Yeah, just drill mm-hmm. another one in there. Will was very concerned that it would like shatter the or split the thing. Anyways, I'm going to make do with a six. I really wanted 14 width so because 12. I want it to go two feet out from the window. But now it'll be one. But now it'll be one. Which On each one side, out. one foot. Yeah. Yeah. That's good. Um, anyway, okay. Sorry. So we went and got the 
four eight foots, mm. got home. Will told me what a dummy I was, which is fair. Um, because I can't add simple math, <laughs> clearly, despite my mom being a math teacher. Mm-hmm. She'd be very disappointed. Anyways, we had to go back, return it, get the six. We went to the Ace Hardware. We got the proper screw, but um, I had to wait. I had to go to the store and order all of the brackets and the doodads right. individually. That all came. So we're going to test it out this weekend. And then my plan for the panels is to reuse the white. I had huge 100 width. Wow. One of our... In another furniture company that I purchased these panels from before I working at Ballard made double width panels. Mm-hmm. So they came in 100 width. So I had, nice. I have a bunch of those. So I'm going to hem them and put those a up. foot and a half. I ordered some trim from the Trim Queen. Great. So I'm excited about that. It's very cute. And so I'm going to add some trim. Hem them, and then hopefully it'll all so look fun. nice. But yeah, that sounds exciting. It's a lot of DIYing, so there's that's why I'm a lot that you. can go wrong. But we'll see. Hopefully, it sounds it'll solid. It's a solid plan. Yeah, yeah. yeah. I think so, Will's um, he's off nervous. base, but everything I think it'll be sounds fine. like it's going to mm-hmm. look perfectly. Well, I will. Let and you you're know. upcycling your old panels, items. and panels well, are expensive because I didn't really. Yeah, I I didn't want anything super bold, but... Well, white's perfect in there, though. It just yeah. It's just going to add softness. Exactly. Because it got all the white walls, all the furniture that you've been putting in there is white. Mm-hmm. Yeah. I think it's a finished look, putting up mm-hmm. the panels. Yes. The only it's thing is I won't finished. ever be able to fully close the... But you don't need to. But it, Yeah. So that's... Anyways, anyone I don't to... close mine, as only, you all know. I only say that because... <laughs> <laughs> I only say that because if someone does want to do the same thing, just know that because of the extra support that you're going to have to have... You, can't. you won't be able to close it without your rings can't go over the support bracket right yes um, but usually the support you know. bracket is in the center so when you pull your drapery together this it's in yes. the center and then you can still close your drapery but if you are gonna need more support brackets you can't get yes. past that bracket. so it'll yeah. be there'll be an end a center and then two in the middle of the scepters yeah if that makes sense yeah mm-hmm. anywho so i will keep you all posted and i'm sure i'll post about it on Instagram yeah i'm excited too, to see it so. yeah hopefully it works all right um, well let's get to the real experts yes let's do that let's have a guest Okay, so our guest today is Scott Shepard. He is the host of The Flower Podcast. He has worked in the floral industry for 27 years, and he has a horticulture degree. I do. And he is a genius, so you're oh. going to <laughs> yeah. love all of Wow. His- That's there how you, you describe go. yourself. Yeah, right? no, I don't usually, but I'm I- It's on your podcast. Yeah. <laughs> no, I love it. Okay. The bar is high. I'll embrace it. There you go. <laughs> you better be able to answer all of our questions. <laughs> but, okay, well, I do want to, like, give a little description of your podcast, and maybe you can want to describe it, too, after. Okay. But um, it is, like, pretty much you talk to other professionals in the floral industry that could be um, other florists or you had Margaret Shaw on one of our guests yes. who actually put us in touch. She, um, the editor us, of a yes, magazine. Yes, the editor of Flower Magazine. And, um, Party planners, and wedding events. Yeah, yes. Event. Anyone mm-hmm. in the flower industry about florals, their inspiration. And it's just a really, I love hearing those kinds of stories because you do talk a lot about flowers obviously but you also talk about their personal stories and their personal journeys and i think that's really fun because you get to kind of learn the background of how these people got into their such a kind of niche field and 
explore their creative side through flowers and Anyway, it's a really fun podcast. So I recommend anyone. Well, thank you. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Yeah. We, you know, it's, it's so funny and, and I'm sure the interior design world is the same way where there's so much social media inspiration and drive with a lot of these images out there. And, and I just wanted to, to learn about the, the people behind the stories or get the stories behind these pictures. And, and so a lot of them were friends of mine that I've had over, you know, the decades of being in this industry. And, and I knew these people and I'm like, gosh, you were such and you're such a cool person and you know let's I, I want the world to know how neat you are or how yeah. special you are and and so that that's really fun hence birthed the flower podcast let's get your background yeah Ooh, yeah let's yeah, start yeah. There. let's start there yeah. you okay. tell us scott how you that will help us well I was a horticulture student. I was a hoarder. Again. I was, yeah. How my kids say. <laughs> I was a hoarder. I have a degree in hoarding is what my kids say. Aww. And so um, I graduated from the University of Georgia and rah, rah. And, Go dogs. Um, and when I was getting ready to graduate, I couldn't make my mind up what I wanted to do. I love like growing flowers. I you know, loved being in the greenhouses, landscape. I loved everything there was. And at the time, Georgia didn't really deal very much in the world of floriculture or the cut flower world. I mean, they dabbled in it. I actually helped one of my professors do research with cut flowers, and but it still wasn't even on the radar. And yeah. then my advisor got a phone call and uh, his name is Alan Armitage and Dr. Armitage has actually been on my podcast and he uh, he was my advisor and he got this phone call and this person's calling looking for somebody and I mean basically they described me so perfectly all they didn't have was my name and I'm like <laughs> and he looked at me and I looked at him and I was planning on doing internships I was planning on like going to different gardens and doing educational stuff or growing or doing all these different things because I couldn't decide what was the one thing I wanted to do right and so when this happened we're like okay this is the writing on the wall and literally two weeks after I graduated and I don't know it was two weeks maybe one week um, I started working in the world of cut flowers and I've done it now for 27 years and um, and until recently and uh, you know it's been an adventure and I just really love the industry the people Um, I get bored easy (laughs) <laughs> um, and so it's what's always cool because every week there's some new season or new flower and, you know, you're always looking forward to the next. And so there was just, you know, you're helping people, you know, do their wedding designs, mm. you know, pulling together pallets of flowers. And, ah. and, you know, I worked with flower shops. I worked with interior decorators, people doing showrooms at the Mart, you know, um, with large Ballard. wedding. You worked with Ballard well, on our photo shoots. Uh, yeah. Well, actually... They worked with another salesperson with us, but I Just usually lie. was sourcing the product. So, I mean, without me, I mean, hello. Right, of course. So, <laughs> we there are no flowers. <laughs> so, well, so, you were doing sales. Yeah. Is that where you're Okay. Primarily, yes. Well, I did buying and I did sales. Oh, okay. I, I've done a little bit of all of that part because um, yeah, I've been doing it a while. So, so um, what does it mean to work in sales for a flower shop? Does that mean that a, a florist is calling you and saying, I need... 5,000 peonies for this date and you figure out where do we get them? Okay. Yeah. I mean, that's exactly what sometimes it it boils down to. I mean, you have different opportunities where you have a flower shop who's planning ahead for their weekly, you know, they have a feel for their weekly floral needs. Mm -hmm. And so they may have standing orders or they may just have pop-ups, you know, a funeral or some sympathy piece that has to be done. And so you'd have that. But then you have weddings. And so I worked with a lot of 
Um, and I could drop some names, but I dealt with drop a lot some of names. people. Drop some names. Who are me? Taryn Schwartz. Right. So, but you know, it's it's. I I found the most um, excitement with that because uh-huh. you know you would have this incredible storyboard with all these colors and and palettes and you know these inspiration images, and you're trying to interpret all of that through flowers and pulling colors and textures and, mm-hmm. you know, the seasonality, because you don't want it to be necessarily something too out of season. But then again, you have people who may want peonies and, and it's, you know, February. So then what do you do? Because they're not in season yet domestically. And where can you import them from? And, you know, learning yeah. all that. So, yeah. Because I will say, I until I worked at Ballard and was, you know, we do um, – go to a wholesale florist for our flowers for our photo shoots before I really saw that side of it it never I don't know it never even occurred to me really that there is a wholesale flower shop I just think there's a florist I go to the florist but the florist has to go to someone else right, to get that actually flowers. gets the flowers mm-hmm. so I do think that probably a lot of people don't even maybe know what is a wholesale florist shop what is the time lag between when a flower is cut and when it arrives at your shop that's a great question. I know that it does depend on the product, right? But normally, if I'm an average flower shop, um, let's say it's something from California, well, it <laughs> might be cut on a Wednesday, put on a truck on Thursday, and be in Atlanta Sunday, and then Monday you a flower shop comes in and picks it up. Okay. So that's not too bad. And you start talking about flying roses in. Well, you're probably going to add at least a, a day or two. Um, it depends because with a flight that's faster obviously than trucking um and so it just kind of depends on scheduling and schedules and then whether or not someone's paying overtime to have their product inspected at the border or whether or not you know they're just waiting for the, the next inspection and that timing and trucks you know they may cut off at 11 o'clock in the morning and if you get there after that then you're waiting another day so that kind of thing but it's a fairly quick turnaround okay yeah that is that's faster than i, I would have thought i was gonna ask just for so how long do they last like in general though till your flowers did so roses okay they say and of course there's caveats to every statement right right? so roses typically last 14 days from the time they're cut okay Mm -hmm. that's an average rose in perfect conditions you know if it gets hot along the way if it's not proper you know that's also assuming that you get your vase home and you have your you know it's full of beautiful roses. You can go in and recut them every couple of days, give them a fresh cut, change their water. Those kinds of things help shelf life. Yes. But if you don't do that, then it takes away from the shelf right. life. So, but then there's like very high end wedding garden roses that some say are literally five days. So you can cut them and within five days, now this is a very high end boutique garden rose I'm talking about. We have, we're fortunate to have about five different growers here in the States. And so we can FedEx stuff and, or as a wedding florist, you can FedEx stuff in from them to get it. Mm-hmm. Um, but the clock is ticking, you know. Is yeah. there water? Are they in water when they're in shipment? These Some, are probably really dumb questions, but no, I'm so curious. No, it's not dumb at all because, you know, again, these things add to the expense. There uh-huh. are some flowers, if I'm shipping on a truck out of California, 
Yeah, I would. It's going to ship better if it's in what they call a percona. It's a square bucket they put water in. Um, it stays okay. in a refrigerated truck, but it has that constant hydration. Some flowers are more forgiving and they bounce back quickly. Okay. Some flowers can be dry packed for as long as two weeks in a box, refrigerated, and still will perform really well. So Ooh, it's, it, it depends on the flower. Yeah, but um, there are a lot of flowers that do that. Um, and then sometimes with FedExing certain roses, they'll put wet packs on them and things because you can't FedEx water, but um, <laughs> yeah, it gets kind of messy. And heavy probably. Yeah, exactly, yeah. as to the cost. So, yeah. How can we tell if a flower is fresh at the store when we go to buy it? Well, you know, it's interesting. I was just speaking with one of um, uh, my former customers just this morning, and she was telling me that they had just unpacked this box of anemones, and she was like, do you think I can save them for next week? Because the party's on Friday, it's for a one-day event, it's a very special double anemone, and it was it's 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 a special flower. But okay? they're so delicate. Well, the doubles are a little tougher than the singles, and if they're tight, you can keep them refrigerated for a handful of days, then pull them out. They'll open up, and they'll last long enough for an event. Sometimes, mm -hmm. you know, if if you really treat them correctly, you know, they only need to last for the event. You don't care if they're lasting five days after the event. Right? You want them to be at their peak. And so she was telling me about it. And I said, um, yeah, no, you should be fine as long as you can keep it refrigerated, you know, appropriately in water and that. And she goes and I said, but let me ask a question. I said, how tight was the flower when you got it or when you saw it? Because if it's tight, you're fine. If it's not, then you're not fine. But she says, well, the petals were already open and they were already open and, and you could see the center of the flower. I'm like, and that just came out of a box? And she goes, yeah. And I said, well, then either that box had been in storage a little while or the product got a little warm or something. But the box, if it's a brand new box mm -hmm. of double anemones, they shouldn't be wide open yeah. right out of the box. So, yeah, I mean, you kind of have to really learn to read flowers a little bit. And it's kind of like, I don't know, maybe here's a book titled A Language of Flowers. I think there's a book like that. But, um, you know, and just see if the tulips are really tight and kind of greenish, that's okay. They'll color up and they'll develop. And that flower is going to last longer. You know, a rose that's tight is going to last longer. But you also have to time, you know, if it's, When you, it looks best. Yeah, because, yeah. you know, if you're having a party, you don't want to... To be, I mean, maybe you do want to keep enjoying your flowers, but you might be really wanting magic moment, the mm -hmm. money shot the day of. And so yeah, then you, so you should buy it a few that. days before. But then you have things like blooming branches. Well, if you get them tight, well, you want to make sure you can actually see little green tips in those buds. Because if it's super, super tight and you don't, you know, if you're not giving them a good fresh cut and clean water regularly, sometimes those won't open or they take super long mm -hmm. to open and you lose some of the buds. But if you see those little tips in the in the quince where you see that little green eyeball looking at you or you see a little bit of color, then you know that, okay, those are going to open fine. Let's go ahead and get them. And that might take anywhere from a week to two weeks, depending, you know. And, but then it's going to last another week after that. Can I cut branches out of the trees in my yard and make them do that? Sometimes, yeah. Absolutely. absolutely. What, what kind of trees? Well, like forsythia. No, forsythia is good. I mean, dogwood's a little trickier because the buds really kind of have to be swollen. Um, okay. You can, if you really know what you're doing, you can cut them on the earlier I don't. Side. So you we don't. don't. Yeah, I don't. You don't want to. And you, you need to cut a major branch that took, you know, two years to get on your tree. True. If, and then have it be a dud. So if you see buds that are swelling, then you know probably within the next week to 10 days, you could probably put it in your home where it's warm. It's going to open. It's going to be beautiful. But for Scythia, cherry, dogwood, 
um, Spirea. Um, I mean, I could probably think of a bunch more. Um, Mag Tulip Magnolia, you know, Japanese those are, yeah. Magnolia. Those are beautiful. I see those swelling up already. I can't believe it. I know. So okay, probably. so if I am just a regular gal yeah. and I do not have a tax ID to buy at a wholesale florist, mm-hmm. but I don't just want well, where what are what is your favorite place, I guess, to buy flowers if you don't if you can't go to a wholesale place? Making a funny face. Well, um gosh, I'm so spoiled. Um, I know. That's why I'm I mean, asking you the like question. You're too common. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> well, it really depends. One of my favorite go tos actually is is the farmer markets. Um, mm. There is one at Freedom Parkway on Saturday where Three Porch Farms brings yes, all their stuff. I've been there, actually. Local um, farms will go to farmers markets farms, and sell their stuff. They, yeah. Well, I mean, there's a lot of farmers markets out there that people can, you know, go to. Are you saying I can't get flowers at my grocery store that aren't going to embarrass me? I, You're saying that, aren't you? No. Well, okay. So I'm a flower snob, and right. I and I don't and I don't like to say that because even even I'll go and I'm like, wow, that that bouquet is really because I can appreciate. I mean, I've grown flowers, I've sold flowers, I've worked with farmers, I I've been available. I mean, not available, but I've been I've worked with all of these different levels of our industry, and so I understand the the sweat equity that goes into every one of those bouquets, and I do appreciate the value that's in them. Mm-hmm. Um, it, you know, now I'm probably looking at things a tad bit differently and I'm also looking for creative ways to get my fix because, you know, I still want to, you know, get my fix of flowers um, now that I'm not around them every day. But, you know, it's good to have friends and in good places. And So you're saying mm-hmm. no. It's, it's who okay. you know, not well, fine. I mean, I do think that every... Um, <laughs> Every grocery store is different, and it, it's so seasonal too. Because sometimes I go into the Whole Foods and they have great selection, Absolutely. and then sometimes I go into Whole Foods and they have a terrible selection. Uh-huh. So that True. is always really frustrating mm-hmm. to me because if I have a dinner party or something, I'll say, "Oh, okay, I'll just pick something up at X Y Z," and then I go there and I'm, yeah, like, "Well, okay, I guess for whatever reason, if I went on a Saturday, everything's picked yeah, you through. Don't know when the shipment. You have so, to go on Fridays." You can often ask if you have like a place you frequent and it's convenient. You know, you can say when do you get your flowers in, mm-hmm. and then you can kind of find out. Because I will tell you, I know places like I'll say it, Trader Joe's, that I say, that I have designers mine. who will like stock them, and they're there when the shipment gets in, and they scarf things up because of the price or because they okay. don't care what the flower is; they just need a color, perhaps. You know, because of an event, and they they're not about that particular bloom. Okay. Um, and so you can find out those things, and then you can stalk. You can become a flower stalker. But you yeah. know, think about too, like in the spring, like Whole Foods. I mean, they're going to have peonies, right? You know, sure. and those peonies are going to be fabulous. Now they're not going to have peonies now. You know, where a local wholesaler might have peonies now, just because you've got brides and customers who yeah. don't care how much they are, they've got to have them, or they got a bride that insists on having them. So. Okay, so say we buy some flowers at our grocery store. I know that you're not into it, but that's what we're doing. Hydrangeas. Yes. Okay. What do we do when we get the flowers home from the store? What is our first step? Well, first step is to unwrap them. And I say that because there actually should be a method to your madness. A lot of people, out of habit, they'll pull the sleeve down on the flowers and start to kind of, you know, break them apart or whatever. I always tell people to not, even then, don't pull your sleeves down, cut 
and pull, cut up. Because if you pull the sleeves down, sometimes those petals end up rubbing up against the sleeve. And when you pull, you actually break and bruise the petals. Mm-hmm. So okay, by, smart. by pulling up on the sleeve, not off, but like cutting, or sometimes they'll rip up, you know, you can separate that without damaging your blooms. Okay. Because that's Good the first tip. thing. Yeah. And then it depends. If you just, if you bought a bouquet and you're just going to slap it in a vase, you're not really going to fuss over it too much. You know, because maybe it's only tulips. You mm-hmm. know, there's just not really anything mm-hmm. hard to do. You know, give everything a fresh cut. You want to make sure the bottoms of the stems are clean. Like with tulips, sometimes dirt can get inside those little cracks and crevices of the leaves. If there are, if there is foliage, sometimes I remove that foliage that's below the water line. That's okay. The, that's important. Explain that. Yeah, because foliage below the water line, a lot of times will cause the water become murky or become foul quicker mm-hmm. Slimy. It just, yeah, yeah it just starts to rot i mean it's not and then it, it wasn't meant to be blown shortens the, the life shortens the life of your flower clogs the stems the bacteria clogs the stems can't drink as well so that's really one of those things that sometimes people don't think about but then on the other and side it, okay and i do think it takes yeah. a lot of effort and you may not necessarily want to put in that effort but if you don't put in the effort then your flowers may only last three days instead of a week, whatever. Right, exactly. But then that some people say, well, what about those leaves where people put leaves in the water? You know, uh, like, like the hiding green stems, like aspidistra or tea leaves. And they're like, well, how can they do that? And then, I mean, that doesn't make sense. And, and that's really true. I mean, people do that a lot of times for event work. Mm-hmm. Because they're trying to hide the mechanics of what they're doing. They mm-hmm. may not use foam. They don't want the stems to be seen. So they'll wrap that up and That seems hide like it. a professional-only type of situation. Well, like, sometimes flower shops will do it because they're using Oasis and they're trying to hide the Oasis. Because they may have a cube and they don't want you to see the Oasis through the clear glass. But that's that No, foam. I know. I just mm-hmm. mean maybe don't try it at home on your own. Mm-hmm. Like, well, get an opaque container. You yeah, don't want exactly. to see your stems. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Okay, so okay, what so about the... I cut straight. I cut with what? Okay, so ideally, traditionally, the professionals would say knives only. You use a knife. You cut at a 45-degree angle. Okay. um, And A knife? A knife, yeah. Should I not use just shears? Well, Mm, here's the truth. Be be real. Okay, so the truth of the matter is people that are anti-shears say that that crushes the stem. It can bruise the stem and and the, you know, the... The biology won't it won't drink very well because it's the stems that get uh-huh. crushed. Makes sense. Some things like woodies. I'm sorry. I'm yeah. gonna use. I'm not shears. ruining my knife. Yeah. yeah. Well, I don't trust myself. I've got several stitches on my hands from cutting with knives, and and <laughs> something slips because it's a hard. Stem. So should you use a kitchen knife, or should you have a knife specifically for cutting flowers? Well, I would recommend I would recommend a knife specifically for flowers, and that's just because I use a folding knife or a floral knife or um, a straight knife. I mean, I know that probably seems a little bit, you know, ticky. But the thing is, is I don't personally, I have seen where these flowers grow a lot of times and I know the chemicals that people use on things. And I personally just like my flower stuff to be flower stuff okay. and my food stuff to be food stuff. Got so. it. Okay, but I have a question about cutting hydrangeas because, okay. okay, someone told me this and I just want to see if you are going to debunk this myth or support it. Okay. Someone told me that you should never use scissors with a hydrangea because it's not sharp enough and it'll crush the stem but if you use shears it slices it better i mean it's, it's kind of what we're talking yeah, about but hydrangeas because they're a really thick stem a lot of times anyway so what do you think about that well i typically use shears on hydrangea okay um but I, you say do not use scissors I, what you're saying? I personally feel that scissors you're, I mean, 
I've when I've done this, okay, we're talking hundreds of stones. Okay, so obviously a pair of scissors, it, you're going to get tired of using scissors. They're just whatever the term is they don't fit your hand in a way that you can do this over and over and over and over mm -hmm. again without especially okay. left-handed yeah i i hear you so i i would say that um i feel like you know there's two schools of thoughts with hydrangea too so you can just cut them with your shears and some people even go another step but once you've cut them that they cut up the stem oh. um, and so if your blade is maybe an inch and a half long they'll do like cut that bottom stem in half i typically don't do that because it's just an extra step and when you're doing a huge amount it just i don't do it but for a hobbyist or a, a homeowner who's buying something at the local market i probably would do that just because it should help it creates more surface area for them to drink got it okay another thing i do too with hydrangeas is i pull leaves off because I sometimes I don't pull leaves off like on roses till they're really hydrated. But with hydrangeas, I want all that water to really go to the bloom. Oh, and that's so smart. I, I do leave some on, but like there's some that are low lying foliage that, you know, it's just kind of in the way. I mean, you know, sometimes you want that foliage because it's less greenery you need. But but most cases, I really want that water to go. And the other thing I do with hydrangeas is I use deep water. You know, if if it's a if it's a vase that's twelve inches high, I'm going to probably put nine inches of water in that vase. I'm not going to just put three or four in that because they really it helps. It kind of helps the pressure, helps them drink better, um, huh. and it just has more water available. It's like okay. you know, like with a straw. Sometimes it's easier to suck a suck suck a drink through a, a full glass than an empty glass. So. Same Makes sense. Kind of pressure, yeah. Um, what about the little packets that come in your flowers? Well, those are great. I mean, you obviously, I would. I mean, I do, and I have. And I feel like, you know, it just depends on the time. Sometimes I cut corners. But overall, if you have it, I would use it totally. You just okay. have to really make sure the dosage. Because well, sometimes... Do you use the whole packet? Well, sometimes. But, you know, sometimes that's for a liter of water. But what happens if, mm. you know, you have an eight-ounce vase? What is it for? Well... There's two things it's for. One is food. They give a, a, a sugar source or a food source just to kind of help. You know, this plant's been removed from the roots. It's not getting that kind of nutrition. The other thing it's in it is often like a bacteria side. It's a it's something to help control the bacteria in the water. Mm -hmm. You know how you've probably heard people putting Clorox in the water and things like that. Mm -hmm. That's why. It's because you're trying to kill bacteria that's going to kind of, you know, start happening as soon as you put kind of like with in the water. leaves if the leaves right. are in there right. um okay one of our stylists used to put sprite in the water yeah so that would be a food source sugar that would be a, a okay. you know that's that's the idea behind that so if you don't have a packet you should just put some sprite in there i think that's you kind of probably, hilarious i don't know what awesome. the dose is for it but i mean i'm sure i mean i've heard of people using vodka before but i mean i'm like karen I mean, I, <laughs> Seems like a waste Don't of vodka. Don't judge it, exactly. But, yeah. <laughs> you can have the Sprite. Yeah. She drinks it after the plants are dead. <laughs> Ew. With a little Clorox for bacteria. <laughs> I'm very healthy. A little Clorox chaser. That's good. Okay. <laughs> I love that. Okay, so is that the way to make my, my cut flowers from the grocery store last long? Guest. Yeah, I think so. I mean, really, that's everything. The one thing that people sometimes forget is changing water. You know, because after about 48 hours, you start to see the water gets a little cloudy. That's just bacteria. That's yeah. bacteria growth. That's just natural because you have an organic product that is in an uh, anaerobic, is that anaerobic? Aerobic, I always forget. But there's no oxygen in that type of situation. So those stems begin to rot. They're not designed to be that mm. way. Um, and fresh cuts are a good thing too. So that's, that's really the trick. Does the temperature of water matter? 
Depends. If you're trying to open a flower that's really tight, you know, let's say you bought lilies and you're trying to get them open in 48 hours. Yeah, warm water. Definitely warm roses. water. Um, roses. You can use warm water. I don't, there's times when I have pushed that envelope to the point where we've had like gigantic events and when the lilies come in really too tight and we're literally you know there's steam coming out of the water sometimes we'll put garbage bags over that to keep the steam in where the flowers are or find a small room that you can put a space heater in or or perhaps it's just a hot room um you know a bathroom that maybe has a heat lamp in it or something with the warm water all that that warm temperature will speed the process up likewise Cool water will slow the process down. So, you know, you can change that out. But usually just regular tap water is cool enough or room temperature water is fine. Okay. You know, it's just, then it's just a timing issue. You know, what do you want your flowers to last longer or do you need to speed them up? Okay, I have a question of something that I've done before and I want you to tell me if it's right or wrong or a bad idea or a good idea. Okay, okay but roses... Think usually look prettiest when they're pretty open. Sure. You want it to be bigger, right? You don't want them to be real tight. And so um, sometimes I'll just sort of like kind of – I'm trying – I'm like making like a claw with my hand and putting it on the top of the flower and I'll kind of um, force open. it open a little mm -hmm. bit by just slightly stretching the petals to open it a little bit. Is that a bad idea? Well, Is that damaging the flower? It depends. Uh, yes, it's. Oh, let me say back up. It is completely appropriate sometimes, and sometimes you have to do that. If again, I've seen it done a million times in the event industry because you you've got flowers that aren't opening as fast as you want, uh -huh. and so they do things to manipulate the bloom. Now, if you're trying to get the longest life out of your flower, wouldn't recommend doing that got because it. you gotcha. are going to damage the flower. It's not going to. Uh, and I think damage, I mean, it's not going to turn brown. It's, like, it's just going to probably shorten its lifespan because you're you're forcing it. To right. Do something it doesn't want to do. But if I have a dinner party, it'll be fun. Yeah. Okay. I mean, people even reflect. Have you ever seen it where they bend the petals back to create this totally different round shape? That no. Oh, yeah. So they'll bend the petals back and it's called reflexing the petals. Okay. And so sometimes when you have a rose that's tight and you can't force it open, you can take those outer petals and literally there's a natural bend to it. So you can like curve it outward to force like when that. your umbrella flips over yeah exactly mm -hmm. exactly huh. okay and and you just kind of each bloom you take the outer petal and work your way in and you can usually do at least one row but it ends up ends up taking up a good amount of space if you're trying to take up some space in your yeah. design okay um what about oh, i see <laughs> are you I looking that up mm -hmm. okay so what about floral foam should we use floral foam when we're doing that is really hard to say, by the way, without floral foam. Floral foam. Why do we use it and should we use it? Yes. Well, it, was, it was invented back in the 50s. And it, at the time when it was invented, it um, was revolutionary because it made certain designs easier. It, 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 was, it was something that really kind of helped influence a lot of design trends over the next 50 years more actually and mm -hmm. and so there's a lot of products that use it there's a lot of um you know spheres or garlands or cages or just different formats that it comes in and so you know right now you know on our podcast it's one of the things we've talked about several times is is this a good thing mm -hmm. and the consensus has become that no it's not a good thing 
Um, and it's because basically it's a microplastic. And so if you've done any reading on microplastics and how that impacts the environment, well, it, it does. And so what happens is, you know, people will say, well, it does break down. And it's like, okay, well, it could break down. But the problem is it's made out of chemicals. And so what is that, that component that breaks down into? Well, it can never break down more than into a microplastic because it's just, yeah. it's not made to do that. Um, there are a lot of people out there that are really, you know, sort of advocating this foam free design movement. And it's definitely extremely popular. It's sort of a talking point, if you will, it's become, um, and I know that there's a lot of people that, um, you know, think it's like not a big deal to use foam. And, and, and I really try, you know, when we talk about it, you know, we, I try not to judge people about it. I mean, it's an individual choice. But nevertheless, I think the more education that's out there and the more people become aware, they realize, you know, it's actually better for the flowers if you can use water. And then there's ways of doing it. And so, uh, you know, go back to prior to 1954 and see, you know, what they they use. So you see things like chicken wire. You see things like. um, Oh, my God. What? We got to get back to chicken wire because I'm obsessed. Keep going. Okay. What else? What else so, is there? Or they do uh, natural armatures where they take like curly willow or twigs and they kind of wind them up into like a ball or something and they put that in a vessel and then they use that to kind of be mm. the support for brand, you know, for, for mm-hmm. stems. Smart. Um, friend of mine, um, I love to death, Holly Chapel, you know, has worked with a company called Syndicate Sales to produce something that um, they share a patent on called the pillow. And the pillow is this, and it's a plastic, but it's recyclable plastic that is, um, it's it's what they call a pillow. It's a round shape that's sort of pillow shaped that is, uh, the design of it looks like chicken wire, but it's plastic. And so you use the top and bottom because you need both levels to support the stems. And you can put that into an arrangement and then you can design with it. She even has one called the egg that, has uh and it's the shape sort of a oval that you can use for a bouquet design and you can put stems feed stems through it to hold stems together and doing that and so um there are alternatives and i feel like you know or even older you go back to you know floral frogs or kenzans that you know Mm -hmm. they from using japanese ikebana work and of course now people are using them in wedding work and all kinds of things and so there are ways to you know there are ways out there sure um it's just kind of going back to it I just want to be a um, advocate advocate for the chicken wire because I think it is life changing if you're arranging your own arrangements because, like you said, it does support the flower and you can mold it into any shape. Right. So I'll cut in the past. I've cut. You can just get chicken wire at Amazon or Ace, Ace. or anywhere. I'm just saying, Your where, local Ace wherever, where, you wherever you Good like Ace. shop, you can get some chicken wire, Michaels, <laughs> um, and cut it into whatever size you need. And right. so I have a few different. I have one that's kind of big that I've squished down and different sizes. Do you sizes. reuse it? You keep them in. Yeah, yeah, them. you can Heck reuse yeah. it. That's the great thing about reuse it. it. Well, the that's only... why I like the floral frogs is just because yes, you wash them off, use them again. So here's I my issue that. with the floral frog because I do have some and I do like them, but they're one size, so. If you have a really big arrangement, it's and you mm-hmm. have a little frog, it's not. Mm-hmm. But the well, chicken the, wire you can kind of squish to like f- almost right. fill mm-hmm. the whole 
You like can custom make it. Any, yeah, you any can, shape you want. Yes, mm-hmm. you can make it any shape you want. But, and they have frogs that are, I mean, go down from three quarters of an inch up to five inches, probably even bigger. So, I mean, they do have a lot of shapes and sizes. Right. But even still, you know, sometimes if you have a big glass vase and you drop that frog in there wrong and all of a sudden you hear the crack because, yeah. you know, even Clock. if you have water. Yeah. 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 Okay, great. one more thing about the about the chicken wire. Sorry, okay. I'm a big advocate. Love we it. Hear it. Um, because I do. You know, I do a lot of arrangements at my house, and you're very I love, good at it. She's you. very good at the florals. Um, but the other thing I like about it is if you have spent a lot of time doing your arrangement, you have lots of different, um, you know, lengths and lots of different plant types, and your the way that you put them all together is very specific. But then you have to change your water. Mm-hmm. Having the chicken wire in there keeps everything in the same place. I can just pop the entire thing out, stick it on the countertop, dump the water, refill it, stick it back in. It's amazing. Mm-hmm. And so, exactly right. you know, if you were to just have them loose in your thing, mm-hmm. you would have to rearrange them entirely or it would just not look as or fine. Or yeah. hold this over here while you're doing the water over there. Right, right, right. Mm-hmm. So anyways, I just would highly, highly recommend to everyone. And I think if you're starting out and you really – don't know what you're doing it helps because you know you can kind of do a grid sort do, of. Mm-hmm. well you can put the the things on the outside in and you it just leaves more wiggle room i think in terms of being able to get the shapes that you want do you uh-huh. know what i'm saying yeah, like, i'm glad you brought that up because one of the things that i hear over and over and over again that those design techniques allow you to do is to maintain the natural flow of the stem sometimes when you stick something in foam it seems stiff or it has this unnatural angle where with the chicken wire you can sometimes Mm, try to manipulate it and and it doesn't it seems more organic um, just by its very nature Mm. yeah this first one is from lena Um, She writes, hello, ladies. After taking Christmas decorations down, I want to refresh the living room. I need advice on art for the wall with the TV in the living room. The sloped ceiling stumps me on the art. I plan to eventually paint all the wood trim white and the stair banister black and possibly the doors black as well. Any suggestions for making the room better are welcome. Thanks. Love the podcast. It inspires me to try to make my home more us. I love it. And I feel like we all feel that way after Christmas comes down. That's Your house true. Feels, so feels very empty. I wonder why. Okay, are I'll, you going to describe? The I'll room? describe her room. Okay, y'all. It is the rainiest, grayest day in Atlanta, and it has made me so sluggish. So if I'm seem like I'm <laughs> half asleep, that's why. Okay, so it's an open room. It's open concept. So I really only see. Well, let me look at all these photos. She has a sectional sofa floating in the room. You can walk behind it. Um, and the TV, if you're lying on the sectional looking at the TV, it's in an armoire on a wall. And that wall has a doorway to the left. Um, and that is a slanted ceiling for some reason. It's highest on the left near the door. And then it slants down um, as it hits the other wall. And so she's saying, hey, on this wall with my armoire, what should I put for art? Because the slanted ceiling is stumping me. And I think you just pretend like the ceiling is straight. Yes, I agree. Yeah. Okay, if it were me, I would put – okay, I love how she has this – okay, my photo is very small, but it looks like she sort of has a demi-loon table or something to the left of the television mm-hmm. with all this blank wall space. But I would – if 
she is open to moving that table. I like the table there, but I think it would be stronger if there was a pair maybe on either side of the armoire with like a great lamp and then art all around it just to like add a little bit more drama and create more of a focal point. And I do think a lamp, lamps over on that side of the wall would help a lot. So but I agree with you. Just pretend like it's not sloped. Yeah, but I don't want it to be something wood. Okay. That works. And the reason I say that is because I feel like the room has a lot of wood. Okay. She's got wood floor. There, all the furniture in the room is wood. Yeah. The armoire that the television is in is wood. So I I like the idea of flanking that armoire with two tables. Like maybe they're metal. Yeah. Or, metal with glass top mm -hmm, or something with like that. A, matching lamps and then maybe matching botanicals a large print Love on either side so it's pretty two pretty statements yeah on either side but i think the symmetry will help a lot yeah what do you think taryn um i was thinking she has some um, beautiful chairs it looks like there's actually one next to the demi loom mm -hmm. um, that you guys keep referring yes. to so to your point i think flanking the uh tv armoire with even like triple art stacked above a chair or if she doesn't want to invest mm -hmm. in more furniture. Um, I do think having that even on either side of that as your focal point for the room will help you not even see the angled ceiling. I yeah. think that's going to be pleasing because there's nothing in her space that's symmetrical. Mm -hmm. It's a very and, and there's I, I don't mean this as a negative at all. I'm just saying she doesn't have anything like that. So I think making that wall symmetrical is really going to offset everything else nicely yeah. if it were me i would do some art that goes to maybe six to 12 inches above the top of that armoire tiny bit mm -hmm. but still maybe four to five inches below the lowest point of the slope mm -hmm. somewhere in that middle point to because i don't want the art to be level with the armoire no armor, right because no. i think it'll be too rigid it needs to come up a little bit plus that and embraces too, the ceiling height if you go above yeah, yeah. true. Mm -hmm. i think too low it's just gonna be too small so go above the armoire but below the ceiling and have both tops of art on either side of the armoire at the same height mm -hmm. does that make sense yeah. Right. yeah what do you think about painting the uh wood trim white black. and the stair banister black i thought she was painting the doors and uh, the banister black Paint all the, the wood, wood trim, trim white, white. Uh, and the stair banister black. And possibly and the, the doors, doors black. black. I don't have no problem I, with it. Yeah. I, Sounds good. I, I like I, the I, idea of the white, of painting the trim to match her wall color and or the white because she actually has pieces of trim on the edges running up um, some of her walls. Yes. I think the wood trim is dating her room. Yeah. yeah. It makes it feel a little... 70s and I it doesn't need to you know what I mean mm -hmm. if she painted that wood white or the wall call wall color I think that would really help to freshen the room Scott yeah. feel free to jump in well, I, wanna, <laughs> I, I know I am not the decorator <clears throat> and my wife will attest to that but the one thing <laughs> I noticed that I you know because of me being me um I wondered if having a really pretty, uh, going back to what we talked about earlier, a tree in that corner by that doorway mm -hmm. would help kind of offset that, ta that tapering ceiling a little bit and kind of soften that. And mm -hmm. there's so many great earth tones in this 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 room right. that the green might be a, a kind of an interesting element. But you know, I'm a plant person, and so. I think, I think plants add so much yes. life. 
life you know? right. and height, what kind of tree would you recommend? Mm. Well, I mean, depending on the amount of life that that area gets, I mean, my first thought is a ficus, whether it's like a fiddle leaf or just regular, you know, weeping fig that we're all used to. Mm -hmm. It doesn't have to be anything too picky. You know, you want something that is going to thrive. So, I mean, it kind of depends on the light level. But, I mean, I think something taller would definitely um, be interesting. So Yeah, mm -hmm. I like that idea. Good luck. Um, no, I love that idea. Yeah. Looks cozy, Linda. Yeah. I think that'll look really pretty. Yeah. And I, how do you tie in if she paints the banister black? I always like a black banister. I just feel like yeah. it feels modern. Well, and you don't want to paint any, it white because then you've got sticky fingerprints and it'll, you know, yeah, black is just kind now. of a no brainer. Mm -hmm. okay. Should we do Anna's question? Yes. Sure. Um, Anna writes, says, hi, ladies. I love answer. Sorry, Scott. Yeah. <laughs> I love listening to the know. podcast. It has taught me so much and kept me, me company on many walks and with my new morn this fall. Oh, happy mama. <laughs> we recently moved into our house and I have been having trouble with the furniture layout in our den. It is an odd shape and it needs... And the need for walkways make it feel a little tight. I hope to upgrade our furniture soon, but right now this is what I have to work with. I've tried many arrangements, and this is the most recent one I have landed on. But I don't love that the two most comfortable chairs are under the TV. We used to have the console table under the TV, but I felt that since that nook is so deep, we were wasting space not putting seating there. Would you move the TV Maybe put the sofa where the orange chairs are now. Any suggestions would be greatly appreciated. Thank you so much. Okay. I actually already sent Anna some suggestions. Should um, we describe what this room is? Sure. Yeah. Karen, go for it. Um, so there is a fireplace in the room, and facing the fireplace is a sofa. To the right of that on the wall is the television on the wall to the right. Beneath that television are her two most comfortable chairs with a small table underneath it. And then directly opposite the fireplace on the other wall uh, is a console with a tobacco basket hanging above it. And then she has also in front of the sofa, facing the sofa, flanking the fireplace, two more chairs. So we have a total of four chairs and a sofa um, in the room. I do... I. I do feel bad that her two most comfortable chairs she's not using to watch television. Yeah. <laughs> so what did you tell her? So, okay. I didn't have the exact measurements of the room, but I did lay out the, in our room planner tool, kind mm -hmm. of what I thought might have been close to what she's talking about. Yeah. And my thought was to... Right now, like you said, the sofa is perpendicular to the television. Yeah. I moved it to where the sofa is now parallel to the television and perpendicular to the fireplace. Mm -hmm. um, so it's facing the TV. So it's facing the TV. And the fireplace is to its left. Yes. If you're sitting on it. Okay. And then I took the two red chairs that are underneath the television, which she says are the most comfortable ones, mm -hmm. and I put one on each side perpendicular to the sofa so they're face, so they make like a U shape. So, so they're facing, they're facing into the TV or they're facing the sofa? They're facing each other. Um, <laughs> they're facing the coffee table. So imagine so if there's a the sofa. sofa. No, they're not. Oh, it's well, making they're L? facing in. So the sofa is facing the television. Mm -hmm. The chairs are facing this way. Oh, oh so on the other end of the sofa is a chair facing in. What? On either end of the sofa, yes. there's a chair, and they're facing, facing toward, in. They're facing in towards each uh -huh. other. Yes, with a, with a coffee table in the middle. Mm -hmm. Now, I think she's going to have to test it out because the depending on how much um, 
depth she has, the chair that's closest to the fireplace might sit in front of the fireplace a little bit. Mm-hmm. I personally have no problem with that mm-hmm. unless you're using your fireplace a lot. But most of us probably aren't using our fireplace that much. So, right. you know, this all kind of depends. I don't have that information. My other suggestion was to move the console that um, – would be sort of behind the television now. It's under the tobacco basket, which is cute. But move that console to where the television is mm-hmm. to replace. There's kind of a small demi loon table under the TV, and it's just totally out of scale with the television. Yeah, it's, it's too, too small. Tiny. Mm-hmm. And then I thought she could put um, that little bergere chair that's kind of leggy, have that under the television, and maybe even – the recliner, wasn't really sure where to put the recliner, or I'm sorry, the leather chair. But I just thought that the chairs on either side of the sofa, the sofa facing the television, would at least give her to where the chairs are facing the TV. I mean, like you said, it's having two chairs that are super comfortable without being able to see the television. Yeah, what's is, the point? Yeah, that yeah. seems like a major fail. Agreed. You know? Yes. So, um, that was my suggestion. Again, I without um, having exact measurements, it was kind of hard to say, but I think you could try pushing everything closer together too. Yeah. Everything seems really kind of pushed back to all the walls and start there. I mean, push it all closer together. Yeah. So when you're, it looks like she wants to have it far apart so that she can get through the room, but walk behind the furniture instead of through the furniture. Yeah. I also didn't love the way the back to the sofa is too that big opening. If you're going to leave that that way, put a console behind it with some lamps. Right. right. The back of a sofa is not the prettiest thing in the world to look at. It often is the way it has to has to be. But you can take that opportunity to put something really beautiful behind it. Well, mm-hmm. and if this and, and like say the television was over the top of the mantle, and that's why she wanted the sofa directly facing the television. That I could understand, but mm-hmm. if right. the sofa is still perpendicular to the television, it's like. I don't know. It just it doesn't. blocks the walkway, yeah. And, yeah. and then you still don't have a great view. Mm-hmm. So that was my suggestion. And I if there's just two helpful. of you, do you need all these chairs in here? True. Yeah. Very good point. I think too, if it really drives you nuts, buy new chairs. Make yourself happy. Buy the right chairs, the right scale that works perfectly for your room, and that way you're not questioning it. Right. But that's yes, good budget. Point. Down the yeah. road. But yeah, you make can start a plan. thinking about that. Yeah. yeah. Definitely use the room planner tool. Yes, 100%. Scott, what do you think? Yeah, You're like, I, you know what? You need a bouquet. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> you need some height. You need a fig tree. <laughs> oh, wow. Yeah, I don't think these windows look like they get a lot of light. So I don't know yeah. about that. But, uh, <laughs> but, you know, I hate to see a comfortable chair go to waste. So. Yes. Don't we all? We all love Yeah. A I mean, if this chair. is your TV room, arrange it to watch TV. Yeah. Yeah. And that's okay. We don't have to be embarrassed that we all like to watch well, Scandal. We've continu- Well, and we've all continued to hear the designers say, you don't have to face the fireplace. No. Like, if it's yeah. not the way your family lives, don't make that your focal point. It's okay. You know? It's okay. Point. Although, I do think that having the sofa perpendicular, it will actually make that wall, though, I think, more dramatic. It'll open up mm-hmm. your view, view to the yeah. fireplace. Yeah. Agreed. So and it's a beautiful make, fireplace. Yeah. And I love the like cypress or whatever it is that's sort of on the that surround. wall. It's really pretty. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Pretty I house. like the room though. It's a, it, it is a really pretty room. And I think once she figures out her layout and gets some finishing touches in there, it'll like 
it'll be really nice. But but don't worry, girl. We all struggle with this stuff. We are yes. all dragging our furniture around trying to figure out the perfect solution. Right. Especially you, when you're taking alone. furniture from an old house and moving it into a new house. And I hate to say this, but sometimes it just doesn't work. Well, sometimes you just have to yeah. live with it for a little while, mm-hmm. but know that you're going to eventually have to replace yeah. it. Yeah. I'm dealing with that myself and it is a tough pill to swallow. And my husband is certainly not thrilled with my choices, but I mean, if you're going to live in a house for five to 10 years, you, do you not want to watch television in comfy tear for 10 years? Yeah. No, you do. So yeah. Put the chairs in front yeah. of the TV Yeah, and make your plan and then bide your time. Yeah. You know, if you know what you're looking for, then you can shop sales and you can look at our outlet. And, you see it. Yeah. yeah. But don't, don't go on a whim and then buy something else that doesn't fit. Or make something sure that's not comfortable. Right. Okay. Well, hopefully, Anna, you figure it out. Best yeah, of she's got a cute yeah. little eye. And congratulations yes. on your yeah, baby. Congrats. Yeah, very exciting. Okay, so um, that is our show. Scott, will you tell everyone where they can find you, listen to your podcast, all that good stuff? Absolutely. So you can listen to the Flower Podcast on pretty much every app that's out there. You know, Apple Podcasts, Spotify, all those. It's called The Flower. The Flower Podcast. You can search that. You'll see a big, fat, giant coral charm peony, and then you'll know that's me. And you'll see my name. And also our website is theflowerpodcast.com with the The, the Flower Podcast. And uh, you can see the gallery of, I think we now have 67 floral uh, guests. Some are photographers, some are flower farmers, some are incredible designers, some are beginners, uh, some have flower shops, some uh, we've got mm-hmm. people from Australia and Germany and England and um, it's incredible. So yeah, tune in. It's we, We'd love to have you. You have a great variety and I feel like a lot of the people on your show are sort of in- Instagram famous. I don't know, maybe I just follow them and I was like, oh, Hey, Amy Osaba. I love her. Okay, great. Let me listen to this one. <laughs> you know? Mm-hmm. You might recognize their names is what I'm trying to say. And you have great reviews. Everybody loves it. Yes. Thank you. Thank you so much. Okay, that's our show. Thank you for listening. Please send your questions to podcast.ballardesigns.net. And don't forget to leave us a review. I haven't said that in a while, but we really do appreciate reading them. And we do. We, Thank you. It is actually very, very helpful for other people to find yeah. and then start listening to our podcast. So we really appreciate it. <laughs> and we like the feedback. Yes, yes we, like we do. Feedback. Caroline and I are not fighting. <laughs> no. Oh, my gosh. We got <laughs> a comment recently. That. Someone was concerned that Taryn and I hate each other. And we yeah. don't. We love so each other. I, I texted Caroline. Well, I have refereed like, well, the entire show. <laughs> that's true. That's true. <laughs> They've been kicking each other under the yeah. table. You know us. No. <laughs> I wonder if one of us just was like so in funny. a grumpy. I was we probably just so in a grumpy funny. mood. And I don't know what was happening but (laughs) Taryn I love you I love you too Karen um don't forget to follow us on social media at Ballard Designs and check out the show notes at howtodecorate.com slash podcast and don't forget to enable the Alexa skill on your Amazon account so you can listen to the How to Decorate podcast Which from your I Alexa. did the other day while doing Pilates. Oh, while doing Pilates? Yes, I told my Alexa. I said, play the How to Decorate podcast. <laughs> my husband meant- was mortified. We do it together. <laughs> I thought you meant that you enabled it. No. Well, I thought you were no, doing your Pilates and enabling it in your Amazon app. No, um, I played it. That's scary because we talked trash about joe so oh, he yeah. can't listen i didn't let okay. it, i didn't leave it on very long because i was afraid he might hear something that's about true. <laughs> thank goodness safe face hmm. wow okay i think that's everything and until next time happy, happy decorating, decorating.